that was like the beginning of the end mm. for me. I think it was just a lot of chaos. And, you know, when you feel so alone and lost, I think we all gravitate towards something that makes us feel good. And mm. so... Hey, this is Paul with the IT Company, and welcome to the Made Right Here podcast. Today's fun. This is episode one of Alexa's story, episode three of the Hard Knocks story. And uh, I want to start by just sharing something a lot of people don't know. It's really hard to be a female business owner, especially in East Tennessee. I didn't believe it until I listened and was a part of this story with Alexa. So first and foremost, let's listen to Alexa's story about what it was like growing up and some of the challenges and even some of the really bad choices that she was making that were leading her to an outcome and moving her towards eventually being in Knoxville and eventually being part of the Hard Knock story. So listen to episode one of Alexa's story, episode three of the Hard Knock story. Thank you for being here. My wife, Alexa Sponsia. Thanks for having me. Which is very different to interview my wife. So this is a follow on episode doing the hard knock story so we did dean and jill we did their story and so as one thing i didn't mention that probably somehow i need to figure out as we're talking to thread in their ending and you kind of picking up and there's a good there's a good segue into that from some of the stuff that they said so but but thanks for being here and thanks Thanks for being willing to tell a story there's not enough also not enough females that we get a chance to interview so that's great thank you all right so first is early life where were you born where'd you grow up what about your parents let's go like zero to ten so i was i'm the youngest of four all of my siblings were all exactly two years apart and so i'm the youngest it goes boy girl boy girl born in canada in peterborough canada my parents were married peterborough for people that don't know where that is ontario okay is that right? Babe? You don't know. I mean, you <laughs> no, were born there, not me. <laughs> Peterborough, Ontario. Yes, Ontario. Okay. I wasn't there very long. So I, yeah, my parents were married. I believe they got divorced. I don't know exactly age, but I think around when I was five, probably four or five, maybe. And we stayed in Canada for a little bit. I did first and second grade there. And then my grandfather had a house in Ponte Vedra. And we used to vacation there all the time in Florida. It's right near St. Augustine. And my mom, just real hard to, she's a nurse practitioner, couldn't get a job in Canada, all the things. And so we moved shortly after the divorce, moved from Canada to Ponte Vedra. I think your grandfather's pretty important just because of who he was and like influence. I know you listed him as your childhood hero. So he was. It was mom, dad, grandfather grandmother yes i'm gonna i'm like weepy thinking about my granddad okay you and rick um, down are the only people who cry, on the well, I'm cry. So yeah i had well on my dad's side i did have we called it rosie and granddad it was like our ottawa granddad but rosie and granddad and we spent some time with them but consistently that's on your dad's side that's on my dad's yeah. side but consistently with granddad and granny which is my mom's mom and dad okay were they married at that time do you remember them being married? Uh-uh. Okay, no. so they were already divorced at the yes. time. Oh yeah, they got divorced. Along. Sorry, when my mom was, I think teens. Okay. Yeah. So what about your grandfather? What's important about him in your story? My granddad, he was always. Let's say pre-moving to Florida first. 
So when my parents got divorced, he was just more of a constant. He was always around. And my granny, she really helped my mom a lot. But my granddad, I just remember pre-Florida, just him as this like, he was six foot, I think nine, eight, six foot eight or something. He had all his family was super tall. I just remember this super tall granddad and he always was so fun he always had this big belly and we used to climb up it and spin off those are like some of my it's interesting but some of my favorite memories but he was just fun and was always around that's what i remember just him being present did you know he was a business guy at that point no no idea okay no he's yeah my granddad's i would call him a serial entrepreneur that's just who he was he always had businesses always traveling always doing stuff but yeah do you remember what they were one he owned the puma franchise i believe we'll fact check that with my mom but i believe owned yeah puma franchise in canada he that was the big one he owned a cleaning company he owned like he always Mm. was just doing all the things all the time well there's a i think there's a pretty big history too the last name is price so there's a pretty big history that your, yeah, our price your cousin family. told us from all the way from Quebec and fur traders and loggers and the whole bit. They own a hotel or something. Yeah, they started the a hotel in Quebec and all kinds of crazy stuff. So yeah, the there's price. a lot of like entrepreneurial like history in yeah. that in the Price family. Yeah, agreed. What do you think? So who else was influencing you in those early years? I think I mean I a lot of my Canada days. I feel like I don't remember enough of it to really I think when I think about people that influenced me it's more Florida and growing up Mm. but my I think my granny I mean she was my granny was a very proper and tea with the queen yeah I mean (laughs) she and so I think honestly a lot of etiquette Mm. she taught us we'd have elbows on the table and she'd be like no elbows I just remember (laughs) I always have to sit properly she taught us how to use a knife and fork and take little bites. Like I do remember those like etiquette things. Hmm. She was always harping on us and I was so little. Yeah. What do you remember about your parents and the influence of the, of getting divorced at such a young age? I don't, this is really, I don't really remember a lot about my parents. I think at that age, in that age, okay. in that age. Yeah. I, I do remember my dad and his new wife at the time, they're still married, but my dad and his wife, I remember, I remember like soccer games with them. I remember, it's like almost, I just have like bits and pieces mm. of memory. I don't really remember a lot. I do remember my mom works a lot. Mm. She's always working. My sister, even till today, she still handles <laughs> us. Like she's always been a patriarch. Mom. Oh yeah. She's taking care of us. She's been a huge influence in my life so all right so you moved to the united states i think there's some important things about influencing you if like you your probably parents, remember more than your, me <laughs> well your, your parents getting divorced and you moving are really major yeah. emotional influences so yeah it was like hey we're gonna in two years we're gonna move to the u.s it wasn't a planned i don't remember so my maybe my older siblings would remember this isn't like a knock on what happened but i don't really remember having a conversation about, about moving to yeah. florida i thought i just know we always used to go to ponte Vedra to be at the beach with my granddad he had a house right there i remember going like 
being at customs. It's like this vivid picture of being at customs. So I was going into third grade. So how old? Seven? Seven or eight, maybe. And I remember being at customs and they asked out loud, how long are you visiting? And I was like, we're moving. And my mom was like, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> because I was like, no, we're moving to Florida. Like in my head, I think I thought I've always had the best memories in Ponte Vedra. Yeah. So I was like, this is great. And then I, yeah, I just, there wasn't, I don't remember conversation. I bet with Jesse and Tyler, for sure there was that some mm -hmm. sort of conversation about, it. I don't remember. I was just, I felt like I was just along for the ride. I did feel like when we lived in Canada, there was a lot of family. Like we had a lot of family around us. We did family reunions, all that stuff. And once we moved to Florida, it was the five of us. It was like we and, had each and other and, and my granddad, granddad. Yeah. and granny. Granny came to visit a lot. Mm. But yeah, it was just the, it was just the five of us. Mm. And then my granddad picked us up in what we call the blue bomb. It was a blue station wagon <laughs> with no AC and no seatbelts. And my mom was like, we need seatbelts for the kids. And he's like, don't worry about it. Get in. So it was fun. That's funny. What was it like transitioning to the United States from Canada for you? For me, I it was more just learning. My accent was real strange to people. They would like laugh. I'm glad I'm, my personality is who I am because... I, they weren't making fun of me. They just thought it was weird. And yeah. so I just had fun with it. A boot. Yeah. And I was, I just remember there's this guy, Leighton Thurlow, and he sat next to me. And I remember, like, I said, the teacher's pretty, eh? And he was like, what? And I was like, she's pretty, eh? And it was really strange. But money, monies, loonies, uh, loonies. And uh. so money is very different coins and all that was very different you had to and learn then, i mean you had to relearn a mm -hmm. different system ah. and thankfully you i was no, only in third grade you had no concept of american money no because i was so young when yeah. i visited so yeah. i didn't know any yeah. different and then well I, I would canada a lot of people speak french right I, so yeah you probably grew up but hearing I was, different languages well so i was on the more english speaking mm -hmm. part but my second grade i had you have to take i don't know if you have to but I took French. I remember my French teacher. So. Okay. What do you remember about that besides A? What do you remember? I'm always trying to figure out what things influenced us as folks who decided to build something or grow something or whatever. So what were the things that you recall? Moving to another country is big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's not It's not like moving to from Florida to Tennessee, which is a big deal in itself, but right. crossing borders different laws, different ways things operate, different types of people and culture. What do you think about, if you think about that, like, what do you remember and do you think it mattered? Obviously it matters. Cause like you said, I did, I moved from a different country. We knew nobody, like not a soul. I think one thing that probably shaped me to who I am as far as independent, as far as mm. making it, as far as how important the five of us were together. Luckily, we we're in a neighborhood or community in Ponte Vedra that it was small at the time. I rode my bike to elementary school and stuff like that. But I think without me knowing, like subconsciously, it was probably like the ever mentality. But I mean, all four of us are all extroverted. Yeah. We're all a lot and we make friends with everybody. So yeah. I think I'm super grateful for that. I remember my first friend, I was at a soccer game and for my siblings that was another thing like my mom immediately put us in 
we all played soccer. So put us in soccer. And she was really good about connecting us with people Mm. and making sure we had friends and stuff like that. She did a great job. But I remember my first soccer game and I was sitting on a blanket and this girl, Lindsay, came and sat with me or I sat with her and she was like, hey, do you want to be my friend? (laughs) And I was like, yeah. And I just remember from then on, I mean, we still talk to this day. Mm. It's obviously just a different relationship, but she was my first best friend ever. Mm. And we went to go get candy and there was candy called Now or Later and I've never heard of it. And (laughs) I remember at the concession stand, this is like the most vivid, my first friend and first time at a concession. And I was like, I want that. And he was like, Now or Later. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I just remember he kept saying it. And Lindsay was like, that's the name of the candy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and he, I thought he was yelling at me. Now, there is a difference, too, that just reminded me of Canadians and Americans. And it's not a good or bad thing. Canadians just generally are more polite. polite yeah, yeah, very polite. And there's a kindness about them. I don't know what it is, but in America... Like him yelling at a seven-year-old. He was like, now or later. And he was getting really... And I was like, (laughs) why is he so mean? But that is a big difference too, for sure. Yeah. Uh, There's... Just because I know the story. There's like really important things that happened in middle school. So just let's walk through like growing up. What's happening? What's going on? You're the youngest of four. You went from all this family in Canada to completely isolated, having to make friends. You're in Ponte Vedra. I don't think it was easy. I don't, I know it wasn't easy for your mom, even though your grandfather was, I mean, he's the wealthy guy, but he wasn't just throwing money at your family. He was helping as needed. And so I think these things are really influential. So you're in elementary school. I remember because we drive, every time we're in Ponte Vedra, we drive by the (laughs) elementary school. There it is. And you tell me, I went to elementary school there. But I'm proud what, of it. <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't know that elementary school was very influential from what I remember of your story, but middle school and that whole transition was really a big deal. Yeah. The only thing about elementary school that I remember is my first day. And this is where my siblings are super important to me. My first day, my mom dropped us off. And then after that, we rode the bus and stuff. My first day, Derek was going to fifth grade. Derek's the one right above you in the Yes. And I remember dropped us off and my mom didn't tell him what to do or anything. And he just grabbed my hand. It's really sweet. And he grabbed my hand and he went and walked me to my class. And it was just all like the first couple of days. And then when classes changed or lunch, he would ask his teacher like to come. And so he took care of me. And I think that was probably the beginning of feeling protected by somebody. Mm. He always has been a protector of me. Yeah. Um, And then the other huge thing, actually, about elementary school is I got held back in Mm. fifth grade. So I they found out I had all the learning disabilities, and I was fine to pass, but the concern was that I would be always far behind, I could fail, all those things. So I don't remember again. I'm sure my mom told me about it and talked to me about it. I just don't remember. But a really pivotal, probably, moment of feeling less than was I had to get on the same bus in fifth grade. I remember the first day of my second year of fifth grade, I had like hives all over. Mm. I was so nervous. And that's just not me. But I think that was the first time of my worth Mm. 
just dropped. And I remember my bus driver, Miss Bass, was like, you're here again? And she wasn't trying to be. Mm-hmm. But I was like, yeah. And I would like make fun of it. Mm-hmm. And it was actually really probably in a good way for school. It was probably the best choice. But personally, for my confidence, it was real tough. Mm-hmm. And then my principal would do stuff like, now that you're the oldest, you can mm-hmm. do the Pledge of Allegiance. Now I'm like, They okay. made, almost made a thing of it. Yeah, and which made it worse. All my friends, Lindsay included, my best friends, they went to Landrum hmm. to middle school, and I was still in elementary school. In elementary school, yeah. yeah, that would be really hard. I was embarrassed for sure. Yeah, I felt stupid and hmm. yeah. all the things. Wow. Well, I think also something that's missing you haven't really talked about is you don't only have a divorce, but now you're completely separated from your dad. Yeah, like you have zero my relationship da- at that point. Yeah, so my dad would call and we would talk to him. When I think you're young and starting, you're in a new country, you're having friends, mm. I, even with our older kids, there just becomes a point where yeah. I want to talk to you, but you're not here, That's so I don't know. Yeah. yeah, so it just slowly fades. He never it wasn't like a visit to America mm-hmm. or Jesse went back. Jesse did. But you guys did. And Tyler, friends. Tyler maybe went back too. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah. Derek and I never went back. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm. When's the first time you went back? Was it when we went for the 150-year celebration? Mm -hmm. That's insane. Wow. So middle school. So you get held back. Of course I make friends. Like, I was fine. I mean, at the end of the day, I I think there's a plus of just who God made me. Just uber extroverted. Mm. I love people. I love being around people. So I made friends and had great friends. And then I went to middle school and I was in ESE classes and that's for learning disabilities. So I was always in these classes and Miss Forfar was my ESE teacher. And she always would invite me to this church and this Tuesday night thing called the big deal. And I'd always be like, no, no, no. This is a middle school Teacher? Okay. Middle school. Yeah. My learning disabilities oh, teacher. Okay. Okay. And you, she, didn't, you guys didn't grow up in church. No. In Canada no. or anything no. else. No. Okay. No, not at all. My sister was the first one out of all of us to go to this church. And she mm. had a small group. She obviously had a group of friends. Mm-hmm. And then Derek went on a mission trip to Africa. So I like knew about this church, but Miss Forfar, she just would always invite me and back then, your teacher could pick you up yeah. and drive you uh, to church or whatever. But she was and actually... And invite you. I don't even know if you can, and invite, you. If you can yeah, invite a kid now. I don't know. But I would. I never didn't have a ride. My mom worked quite a bit. And so she would pick me up. And I went to church. And I remember the first time I went to this Tuesday big deal. And it's like a young life vibe with the Tuesday big deal. Whipped cream in the face, funny, and then talking and worship, stuff like that. But I just remember walking in, and I knew people from school and stuff, but I was really intimidated because I didn't, like, understand the whole Mm. Jesus thing. I'm like, this sounds really fun, though, and I like to do things. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, I'm down. (laughs) So we, I remember sitting there, and I saw this, I say girl, because Kelly was only 20, 21 at the time, but. And she was just so pretty. I remember I was like, oh my gosh, like the prettiest person I've ever seen. Hmm. And her husband was Adam and he was the pastor. Yeah. And I just remember, I just wanted to be with her. I don't know what it is about her. I mean, I know now, but I just didn't know why I was drawn to her. And so, yeah, we just, she sought me out 
she knew I was new. You know, when you go to church, you're the new kid and mm. everybody's like, someone go talk to her. So yeah. that was probably that. <laughs> and so she did a really, she was a huge influence mm. in my life and still is. And so anyway, so we would hang out. I'd hang out with her. She'd always talk to me about Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, cool. You want to go out for lunch? I just didn't. I wasn't. I was very influenced probably in a lot of ways because all kids are. But there's certain things that I just was like, yeah, I don't know about that. And so I just I kept going and kept hanging out and kept hanging out. And then eighth grade, that's when I would say was my most. That was like the transactional and is that TCBY? I just want everybody to know. I say that all the time. But every time we all see TCBY, I'm always like, I that's where I I met Jesus. TCBY. <laughs> Anyways, and so it I do remember that moment and I remember a very transactional, it wasn't me feel. It was a really sweet moment. It was in her little red Honda, and that was very life-changing. But yeah, I wasn't influenced by Jesus. I was like, meaning I didn't want, I didn't know what they were all about. And I wasn't about to just do it mm. to be part of something, which is people would assume I would be. Yeah. But I was like, no, I don't mm. know about this whole praying a prayer and being saved. And mm. so it was meaning it was really real for me. I think at the same time too, right? There's a lot of, this isn't negative or disparaging, but kind of a lot of chaos. Like oh, yeah. your mom, you have four Four kids, your yeah. mom is doing the best she can to make ends meet. I mean, you've told stories of people helping and Oh gosh. We lived in a um, in a cul de sac and I remember there was the Olinson, the bankhead. Like I remember this whole cul de sac and there was a time yeah, we were always just surrounded by people that we just had this community of people that always helped. And I'm sure my mom's a single mom with four kids. Yeah. That's a lot. And so I remember my mom, her visa, something with work visa. So she couldn't work for six months. Wow. And which was very detrimental. Yeah. But I remember the Olinsons like went to Sam's and would buy groceries. Mm. And then our water was turned off. And so I went to, I remember the Johnsons next door to shower. And like Mm. they all just, it's like we all looked out for each other. Everybody was married. My mom was the only single mm. one. But yeah, lots of help. Yeah. Lots of help. To be embarrassing for her. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, even like car. I think the Harringtons, this family friend of he was the general manager of Atlantic Infinity. And he would always make figure out a way for my mom to have a car or figure mm. out a way for the kids, us mm-hmm. to be able to drive something, yeah. obviously not an infinity, but <laughs> you know, there was just people throughout the journey that I don't, yeah, I don't know if we would be where we are if we didn't have all that help. Yeah, as well. And my mom, she worked every weekend at a nursing home during the week. She worked wow. with who she was with for 30 something years. Mm-hmm. Which had some influence too. I mean, you talk about, again, this is not, I mean, I think, People have to put your mom's situation in context. And she's missing games, missing plays. Yeah, like she couldn't be sure. at the things that she needed to be at. Also because of some of the work she's having to do. For sure. Like I mean, if you talk to my mom, she would have died to be a stay at home mom. You yeah. know what I mean? And been around. She was she was just she did what she had to do. And so there's a lot of my sister taking care of me, mm-hmm. pack our lunches. She would mm-hmm. help us with stuff. She would take me to 
acting camp every summer, even though I was a brat. And she would always <laughs> take me. I just, I could count on my sister, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To always just handle what needed to be handled. Yeah. And so it was very chaotic. I mean, everybody was in sports. I was always moved more towards musical theater. Then I did sports and all this stuff. And so I don't like even soccer tournaments. My mom, I maybe, she maybe went to two and that's mm-hmm. not a fault to her, but we, three other kids were at home. And yeah. then it's like all these moving parts. We never took family vacations. We just didn't have the money for it. I think it's interesting. Again, I don't know if people understand context. Ponte Vedra's uber wealthy. Yeah. And you lived in TPC, which is yeah. Sawgrass, which is the players club. This is a right. really nice upper middle class community. Your grandfather is actually fairly wealthy living in a really nice home in the neighborhood where Ponte Vedra Inn and Club is. Mm -hmm. He's a member there. At the same time, you guys are having water cut off and (laughs) having people buy food. And I mean, you're living in the midst of all this wealth in a wealthy community. Yeah. And in the inside, it's the same thing. You can't really, you don't really know what's going on in somebody's life. Right. Inside, it's chaos. Dad's gone. Your mom's, who knows what your mom's going through, right? Oh, for sure. She just got divorced. Yeah, she's She's not talking to you guys about it. No. And so she's trying to make ends meet, work, weekends, Uh probably a ton of guilt, missing thing. I mean, it's just a lot lot going on. Yeah. And I think I didn't realize a lot of that too until I became a parent. You know what I mean? Missing. So I can't imagine her, what she felt like. But yeah, I mean, I... It was always like this thing is on Christmas, all my friends would call me and they'd be like, I got a go-kart. I got a whatever like the thing was. I remember. And I was like, I got toilet paper. I think something that's interesting to to think about or maybe talk about for you is all three of your siblings are really good athletes. Yes. And you're a good athlete too, but you are. They're really good. But, but then you were not into that. No. Like, no. and so what was that like being in a home of these, all these are like, I mean, they all could have played division one soccer. Derek did. Tyler, got Tyler a scholarship. has a scholarship. Jesse could have, if she didn't blow her knee out, probably yep. still could have. I, we know Jesse, you could have been on the U S women's she, national team. <laughs> I think she could. I all, believe she know, could be on we, the USA I, women's agree. national team. I know. We all know that. So Jesse Fry, USA women's <laughs> national team. <laughs> so, yep. But you were different. Like here we are like, held back. <laughs> Learning disabilities, not really super interested in sports. Yeah. Not that you weren't interested I mean, I in sports, but not the same level that they were interested in sports. They're like, they're eat up with it. And you're like acting camps and yeah. dance and musical theater and uh-huh. singing and wanting to be on Disney and all this stuff. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I did love playing soccer. I still, but I was like the little girl like Hartley ours that was on the field like picking flowers I'd rather sit and talk to people besides play (laughs) when I was little and so I'm very competitive though I don't think I just think I don't know maybe part of me just didn't want to do what everybody else was doing Hmm. because they were doing it I should do it I don't know I just I played did it matter to you were they I mean you're like everybody has siblings that pick on them so that's okay but were they did you feel different did they make you feel different they didn't make me feel different about not playing hmm. what they were playing they okay. didn't no, that's a good. lot yeah yeah Derek would come to my plays Jesse would come that was sweet yeah but no they didn't I was just I don't know maybe it's the rebel part of me too 
Mm. I just, I'm not going to do what everybody else is doing and I'm not going to do what maybe it would be easier for my mom. I just made it really (laughs) difficult. But she, I will say my mom supported musical theater and she loves that stuff too she loves that yeah she wanted to be probably be my manager (laughs) and be in charge of everything but my mom i will say she would travel with me to orlando for auditions she Mm. really was invested in that with me and that was really a memorable thing for Mm. me with me and my mom Mm. we fought all the time because i was like (laughs) the worst teenager ever and young adult probably, but she did. She always would take time to do musical theater stuff mm. or auditions, like I would yeah. audition. There's one audition we went on together and it was for a commercial and she ha- she was just there to- for me and they asked her to get on camera and she walked in front of the camera <laughs> and they didn't want me to. And my mom's, I remember we both got paid and my mom's, wow, look who's famous. And I was like, I was so mad. I, I remember I was mad. like 13 years old. I was like, how dare you get on my commercial? <laughs> but yeah. That's so funny. yeah, I loved, I don't know. I just felt like it's something I was good at. Mm. I was very good at like comedy. You are funny. I know. But I was always. Says it, says it in your high school annuals. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's funny that you call them annuals. Yeah, yearbooks, whatever. Yearbooks. So. Yeah. I mean, I was just always like a comedy act. Mm. I mean, everything. So even plays, I'd get maybe a small part and I would make it the best part. And I remember <laughs> my mom, I cried. I was this monster called Boris. And like, I was never the girl to get the pretty girl parts ever. Hmm. I don't know why, but I never did. Like they always got all these really great parts. And I remember looking at the cash sheet and it said Boris Alexis Stevenson. And I was like, oh my God. And I was crying and all this stuff. And my mom was like, you're going to be just the best monster. And I was like, yes, I am. (laughs) And I stole the show. Because I was so funny. I made it like my own yeah. thing. And I just, it was so fun. And so, yeah, I was very different than my siblings. They, but they supported me. My sister, again, would take me to all the camps mm. and all the shows. I remember it was opening night. I was, yeah, it was opening night for one of my shows. And I looked in the audience and my brother, Jesse and Derek were there. Mm. And I just remember I, that was really impactful for me because as much as we all would fight and siblings are siblings, but I always felt really cared for by all three of them. That's awesome. So there's a lot going on though, like middle school transition to high school, oh, this God. encounter so with much. the encounter with Jesus. You're into theater and all we this stuff. We also moved. I changed high schools right. where everybody went. Did you change your freshman year? So my mom moved from St. John's County to Duval County. So that would mean I would not go to Nice. I would go to Fletcher. So knowing that, I auditioned for Douglas Anderson School for the Arts. Mm-hmm. I got in for musical theater and 90% of them back then got scholarships to NYU. So I was like, this is my jam. Mm-hmm. I fell so far behind in school. They didn't have an ESC class. Mm-hmm. They didn't have extra time on tests, like the things I needed to be able to actually pass. So I had to get pulled out of that. So a big deal to go to Douglas Anderson, yeah. like dream. Big, yeah. Because yeah. you're probably thinking I want to be in musical theater oh, for I was gonna a be career. Famous. Saturday Night Live. For sure. <laughs> God. No, I was going to be famous. And so that happens. You'd been held back. You go through middle school. 
Kelly Church mm-hmm. Encounter. Now you're pulled out of everything out of St. John's County Again. into Duval County, which it's just this more is, rough. This is, yeah, this is not, and we both love all schools in Knoxville, love Austin East, but it'd be like a kid living in Farragut's family moving, and the kid ended up going to Fulton or Austin like East. Central it's just culture Fulton, change. Austin. It's a massive yeah. culture oh, yeah. change for you and your family, for you specifically. Me, just me. To go to Again. Fletcher. Yeah, to go to Fletcher because yeah. the kids were still. I guess Derek was still in school. Derek was at Nice and as he a stayed senior, at nice. and yeah. I went. At and you all of a sudden are at a different. And you had a chance to go to Douglas Anderson, but you couldn't. So you never actually I, went. No, I did. Oh, you did. I did, okay. but I would fail classes. Okay. I got so all then A's you had in to go to, Then you had to go to Fletcher. Yeah. Mm. Then my mom had to pull me out, and I went to Fletcher. And Fletcher, just the whole thing. It was just rough. I just. I remember now it's like a school, hmm. but back then I think it was like a D it's school. Rough, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I remember I wouldn't give somebody a piece of gum and she like sucker punched me in the face. And hmm. I was like, and the teacher didn't do anything major, about it. Major culture change. That's what I For mean. sure. And yeah. I was like, I mean, I just wanted my own gum. I didn't yeah. understand. Hmm. But so I had to adapt to where I was. So you didn't start at Nice. Nope. You started at Douglas Anderson, then to then Fletcher. Fletcher. Then finally made it to Nice. At what grade? Sophomore. Sophomore. I was at Fletcher for most of my ninth grade year. And there's some other stuff going on. I feel like you're like, there's some, I mean, you're, did you start working at this point too? Yeah. So. Yeah. I started working at 15 at my sister's best friend's family owned a barbecue restaurant. So okay. I started working there. Which again is another really important part of your story. Woody's barbecue and Yolanda and yeah. Woody and yeah. Kimmy and all that are like really important Yeah. They pieces. were super influential too. Just having that job and I've learned so much gosh but yeah I got a job as a cashier at Woody's I met my first boyfriend there so Woody's was everything to me mm-hmm. and I would skip school to go and work at Fletcher at this point what would have been your freshman year yeah or, yeah okay mm-hmm. so Douglas Anderson you're out you're at Fletcher much tougher situation different culture you go to work at Woody's are you disconnected from Kelly all of a sudden? Oh, yeah. Okay. All my Because you moved friends. away from yeah. that church yeah. area. Okay. Yeah. So you have it, this really big encounter, and then a year gone. later or so, you're ripped out of it. Yes. Okay. And at that point, I started, I just, I started hanging out with a group of people, obviously, that probably weren't the best, but I had a lot of fun. But I started, I remember back then, like the drug of choice. So I started doing drugs, and the drug was cocaine it was like the thing so i was just again i felt like at that moment like in my story there's just these massive moments of feeling like left Mm. like alone and lost and i have to figure it out i didn't have friends at fletcher it wasn't like your friends i knew one friend of or two friends of Derek's that he was Derek was so nervous about me going there and he would call Tony and be like, look out for her. And they did the best they could, but they're seniors. Yeah. And I was a freshman. There was a couple amazing people that I met for Mm. sure there, but I just, I decided that I was going to party and I don't care about Jesus and I don't care about all them over there. And so, and it was just easier because I was alone. Mm-hmm. And so it was easier to party and hang out. And mm-hmm. so that's what I did. And I had friends at Nice that I would party with and stuff. And I had friends at Fletcher. That was like the beginning of the end mm-hmm. for me. I think it was just a lot of chaos. And, you know, when you feel so alone and lost, I think we all gravitate towards something that makes us feel good. And mm-hmm. so that's what it was. Yeah. Well, again, I think it left 
the community you grew up in as a kid left your dad your mom is having to try to work her butt off to make ends meet she's making the best decisions she can mm-hmm. held back moved to different school then a different school dream mm-hmm. school then to not your dream school yeah and a lot that's a lot it's, it feels like a lot well when you say it like that it's kind of I mean, sad it's a, it's a lot yeah I, I think mean that's not there's n- not much stability yeah for sure yeah that's not it is actually normal for some of the kids that we interact with and work with. Yeah, just That's a little boom, bit boom, of, yeah, they're going from place yeah. to place all the time. But like for uh, for you and the, again, thinking about, it's not disparaging, but literally it's like living in Farragut and moving into yeah. a different community in Knoxville, and very different, anybody. and not knowing anybody. And all of a sudden you're surrounded by people that, from a cultural perspective, are just, just, they're just different. different and That'd be really hard. Not that you can't adapt and you did and everything else, but that'd be tough. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I hated school. I skipped school. I mean, I lost my license because I stopped going to school. I think that was probably the turning point, even in our family. Like Derek was a senior, got a scholarship. Like he's trying to do his thing. My sister left for college, which was really hard for me. I remember her. I'm going to cry now. I remember her driving away. Do you have tissues? No. <laughs> Nobody cries on the podcast. Awesome. My seal, my seal gives it's some okay. Tissues. But I remember she graduated. I mean, we fought. Like, I stole her clothes. It was like, just, we, she probably didn't like me. She loved me, but she didn't like me. And I just wanted to be her. But I just remember she graduated high school. And I swear, it probably wasn't three days after, but it was like three days after mm. or something so quick. And I remember her driving away in a U-Haul and by herself with her Rally Sport Chevrolet <laughs> that I eventually got, but her Rally Sport connected to it. And she just left. And it wasn't like she should have. It's not a bad thing. But I just remember that was like a really hard day. And then, but at that point, that's when we started to get really close too. Because mm. I grew up and she yeah. was doing her own thing. But me being the youngest and doing what I was doing. I mean, it was just the typical sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Maybe not rock and roll, because that's not my age, (laughs) but it was a lot of just those things. And that was the world I was living in. And I think in those times, I just felt super forgotten and alone. And Derek, I mean, he was, he should have been, everybody was doing what they should have been doing. Yeah, he went to Philadelphia to go to college. and Jesse's in Orlando. Jesse's in Orlando. Tyler's at Statesboro. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler And Tyler was, they all took care of me. Like, I remember I never wanted to sleep alone, and Tyler always made a pallet on his floor. He would Mm -hmm. take me to Nice High School football games when I was in, like, elementary and middle school. Mm -hmm. Like, my siblings just took care of me so well. Also, really, obviously, rough times with siblings, but... Well, again, it would be taking all those threads, moving, not really understanding it, getting held back, encounter with Kelly and Jesus, changing schools, all the stuff going on, siblings leaving. It was the five of you, and now it's just you in your house. me and my mom. And your mom. Yeah. 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 And you, at this point, you're back at Nice. So, yeah, my mom figured out, we just figured out how to do it. Lindsay Faldori's family put my... It's illegal now. But <laughs> they put their address mm. for me and my mom would, when I didn't have a car yet or license, my mom would drive me to Lindsay's house every morning. So you're still living yeah. over on like Atlantic Beach kind of area. Like Jack. Jack's Beach, Atlantic yeah. Beach area. 
Yeah. But you're going all the way to Ponte Vedra to go to school. Yeah. Which again is like driving. Yeah, it's a long. Like way. from Lenore City to to Fulton, it was a long drive. I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just. Yeah, and my mom would drive me and. I remember if I got sick, I would go to Lindsay's house because it was closer, mm. stuff like that. And that, again, her family was so huge. Mm. Her dad, I mean, his nickname for me was a little bit. I was just a little skinny, scrawny little girl and always in their family. I was went on vacations with that. Like, I was a part of their family. Lindsay and I would fight like sisters and <laughs> the whole thing. So, But yeah, I went to Nice. Sophomore. So you go back to Nice. Yeah, my sophomore you year. You and Tim Tebow. <laughs> he, no, he didn't come yet. I don't think he was there yet. I think it was my senior year. But I... Still a lot of chaos. Like you're yeah, drinking, still doing, doing drugs, yeah. working, yeah. acting still a little bit. Yes. Yeah, still yeah. doing music. Still doing theater. like rec sport. Like still yeah. played soccer. Did all the things. School was a challenge. Yeah, I was not. I went to school to see people. <laughs> and socialize. I did not go to school to go to class. I remember Coach Kimball's class. It was my third period history class. Never showed up once. Mm. He knew my whole family. The great thing about going to Nice, though, is I was the last of the Stevensons. Yeah. They all knew my mom. They all knew my siblings. So again, they looked yeah. out for me. There was something about being the name of Stevenson. Well, they were all athletic superstars, right? Nice and too, in soccer, they did them. fine in yeah. school and. Mm -hmm. They didn't do what I did. And they were so popular, well-known. Yeah. yeah. And so here, then I come. So, yeah, I yeah went to Nice. Had a great, I loved high school. I partied <laughs> a whole lot. I worked a lot. I had a lot of fun. If you if you look back, who is the, who or whom, how many, how many people would you say were the most influential adults? in your life that who's making the biggest impression on you that you're looking at and looking up to and where does kelly come back in the story so kelly was always pursuing she was always pursuing me did um, she try to stay in touch with you when you moved to fletcher and Douglas she Anderson did stuff? but i i didn't want to be in touch with her okay at that point you knew what you were doing was contrary to what she would be right. wanting and she was yeah. probably super disappointed and yeah. all the things so also i think when you have a real transaction holy spirit and jesus the whole thing i think you i just always have known what i was doing and mm. was wrong mm. i had a really i had a conscience you know what mm. i mean and i was for sure i don't like this word but i was convicted all the time there was something about it that i just knew but mm. i would just bury my head in and just keep going and mm. doing what i wanted to do but even if it was detrimental to myself or in other people so i um yeah, she kind of was always in and out. I ran the Woody's Barbecue in Ponte Vedra, and I had to do caterings at Ponte Vedra Presbyterian Church. <laughs> so and you'd I, see her? Well, I wouldn't see her, so she moved back to Knoxville. She's uh, from Knoxville. Okay. That's how I got here, but okay. she's from Knoxville. She moved back after her first or second. I don't remember, but she moved back, and Leanna, yeah, was there. Anyways, long story short, I she was very pursuing. I was not. Mm. I didn't want anything to do with church or anything. And Even then, when she moved back, she still stayed in touch? Yeah, I mean, I, there was a point of a long period where no. Mm. And it's not her, it was me. Yeah. I mean, there's so much you can pursue somebody, yeah. you know, them ignoring you. I did go to do a catering, and I, it was for sure Jesus. Because Leanna, and I knew everybody at the church still, 
when I was in church world, everybody knew Alexa. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was always at the church, walked to church after school every day in middle school. So I remember everybody. And Leanna, I remember she was like, hey, do you want her number? Hmm. And I was like, sure. <laughs> and that was like in my 20s. I was like, fine, yeah. you can give it to me. But right. anyways, and then Melissa Davis, Miss Davis was my ESC teacher. Hmm. And she was the first teacher. So I had a lot of teachers in my 17 schools I went to, but I had a lot of teachers that did not believe in me. Mm. I was called stupid. You don't get it. Mm. You're just not going to make it. And I remember my, one of my teachers in front of everybody called me stupid. And Mm. that was like super harmful to me, but Miss Davis, and I still can talk to her this day, friends on Facebook. I love (laughs) that woman, but she was the first teacher that convinced me that I wasn't different and I was smart. Mm. I just learned differently. She taught me about why I can't learn well and all the things. And I just remember she was so good at making sure all of us in the class and most of the kids in the class, we're all popular. Mm. We just learn differently, but she just did a really great job making sure I was cared for and mm. she also lived across the street from Lindsay. So mm. I'd go to her yeah. house. I think there was somebody else, Gloria, your musical theater Gloria teacher Miller. Yeah. or something, coach or whatever it is. Yeah. Gloria Miller, again, I spent a lot of time with her. She mm. had, she had, like a, it was called Players by the Sea or something. She had a theater and yeah, I was with her a lot and she mm. was always invested in me, believed in me. Yeah. It's amazing what, how you feel when someone just believes in you. Mm. I was telling Macy that. Actually, well, and you're, I think there's an evidence of leadership because Woody's is. Oh, yeah. I started doing stuff. You to run stores and training and all this crazy stuff at 16. Well, 16, I was asked to do my first opening and actually it was with my sister. So my Mm. sister worked at Woody's too. And, but my sister, yeah, at 16, I remember, I think it was my first one, but I, yeah, I mean, I would go and I was the trainer for all the cashiers for new stores. Mm. And I mean, 16 years old. At 16, I don't know how my mom let me go with adults <laughs> at 16, but she probably was like, was just, she's doing something. Jesse. Well, Why not? Or Jesse and Woody. She knew yeah. Woody. So, yeah, I would, every summer I'd go do openings yeah. when well, I was in high school. There's friendships too, like Yolanda. Like they came over for Thanksgiving all the time yeah. and like all this. Again, my I, sister, a, that's her best friend. Kimmy, so yeah. Yeah. Kimmy. And there's a constant theme. That I keep hearing of people rallying around you guys and friendships yes. and caring for you and making you guys feel like you're part of a bigger family. For sure. And I think that, I mean, that has a lot to do with how my mom raised us too. She mm. always raised us. My mom's kind. My mm-hmm. mom would help anybody. And so that just came out of us. Mm-hmm. And she, I think your family's not always your blood, right? And so I think all these people, I know to this day... I can count on Miss Harrington, heartbeat, yeah. and call Norma, who's been with us forever. And so, like all these people, I just know. And that was just the culture that was surrounded by us, mm-hmm. for us. What, what your, at some point you graduate, or maybe not. We're maybe not. Really not. Sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> My first or second day of senior year, they told me I have a 1.2 or something that there's no way I can graduate. That's crazy. And I was like, well, I'm not coming back. I'll just get my GED. I'm not doing this again. And one of my principals had me for a period. I quote unquote made up. Basically, my whole ninth grade year was 
failed because of Douglas Anderson and Fletcher and thing. Yeah. yeah, like I remember just I took a test at somebody's house to pass some weird homeschool thing. I don't even remember. <laughs> my mom was going to homeschool. I was going to homeschool myself. It was just always a disaster in a way. But yeah, barely graduated. Maybe not. I don't really remember if I got my degree. You walked across the stage. I did. Well, to my mom, she'll say, you just till I die, you graduated high school. I just need to know <laughs> that you graduated high school so I can go to, die at peace. Well, somehow but, you got to, I mean, you did go to junior or college for a little bit so that there's got to be. I had be, to take a test, though. You had to take a test. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. They don't let people in that don't have some type of degree. No, <laughs> but I didn't have any. I just remember they're like, yeah, you have to take a, this test. Just, and I was like, what? Okay. Why did you go to college? You hated school. I hated it. And you're like working, kind of being successful. Yeah, I was great at, work, at Woody's. But yeah, you're partying great money. and doing a lot of drugs and partying yeah. all the time. So there's a swarm. I know. Happening I think here. I wanted, I always, so in high school, all my friends were like, I remember at my guidance counselor, Miss Willard is a huge influence. My guidance counselor, she was so great for me, but she tried to get me in Flagler. I did want, I think I always wanted better, but I just, I didn't have the grades or mm. I couldn't, but all my friends were putting like their colleges they got accepted to on this huge thing in the guidance counselor's office. And I do remember what I felt all the time of when everybody was smarter mm. and got in, like they got to experience something that I never will mm. and no regrets. Right. Cause you just never know where I'd be today if I didn't do what I did. But I do remember there's no way I was getting into college. There's no way I was going to do the typical dorm life. There was mm. no way there's just, it was impossible for me mm. to do that at that point. And I do remember it like the sinking feeling. And then as Alexa would do, I put Harvard on mine <laughs> and would make jokes that I'm going to Harvard or I'm pre-med and I would make it funny, make fun almost make it. fun of myself. Yeah. But I think I, there's part of me, I wanted to have a degree. I, you and I still tell you like randomly to this day, maybe I should go get a degree. I just want to pass something. I've never passed anything, but I've, so I think I wanted to. And also, my mom never pushed college. She was mm. never, but she always was like, if you're not going to college, you need to have a plan. Yeah. And so I just loved the restaurant business. Mm. I loved it. I thrived in it. And I, but I went to college because I thought it'd make me, maybe make me feel better about my life. I don't really know. How long did you stay? Maybe like. <laughs> semester or two? Half a semester. No, oh, not semester. two semesters. Okay. No, no. Yeah. So you really I was in didn't like high school classes in quote unquote remedial college. classes, yeah. Yeah. This is so fun to be a part of telling the hard knock story and interviewing my wife. So that was episode one, and things are about to get really interesting as she's moving into the restaurant business and she's really getting into some tough areas of her life where maybe some bad decisions and some challenges. And, uh, and how that began to reshape and reframe her and eventually get her to Knoxville where she eventually, her and I get married and eventually buy Hard Knocks and begin to continue to move the Hard Knocks story forward. So listen to episode two of Alexa's story, episode four of the Hard Knocks story coming up in a couple of weeks.